without your love I wouldn't want to be You gave your life so I might live and now my heart to you I give Jesus you are all the world to me Hallelujah Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you each and every one. We welcome you into the service this morning. Thank you for joining us both on the Zoom and on the internet. God bless you richly. We appreciate each and every one and pray that God will just minister to your needs and maybe we could start by singing the song Rescue the Souls of Wonderful Merciful Savior number 1057. I love this song. It's got beautiful, beautiful words, very meaningful words, and a lovely melody. And I wish you were all here in the congregation to help me sing it, but we'll sing together as it is, and praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and
Debbie Gagne here this morning. Brother Mike's going to sing a special for us, and we're really looking forward to that. Amen. All right, let's sing this. Oh, what a friend who walks beside me to hold my hand. Save in his arm 
of God that sent us our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, and our healer, and our deliverer. Oh, maybe he allows the devil to come our way and afflict us. You know, that's what the prophet told us. The devil can't touch us unless God says, go ahead. But God has us in his mind. And He's already prepared. He's given us deliverance. He's given us healing. He's given us salvation. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you this morning, Lord. We worship you this morning, Lord Jesus. Giver of life. Giver of all good things. How we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We've got a few prayer requests this morning. Uh, Sister Lori Plotsky had... uh, phoned in a request some time ago for her granddaughter, I believe, that had was supposed to go through eye surgery. and Surgery has been done, but there's complications, and we just want to bring that before the Lord in prayer. She has called that in, and we just want to remember that with our sister. Amen. And the different needs in our midst, uh, afflicted by this virus that's going around, but Lord God has given us the victory. Amen. We just want to remember the DeCurdy family in a special way. Sister Geneva especially is going through a real battle. Just going to lift her up in prayer this morning and continue to remember Brother Tom and Sister Joanne and help them to recover. And just the different ones that are needing that final touch from the Lord. We just 
We have a great God. He's the supplier of all of our needs. Amen. We're just going to go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Ken, would it be an imposition to ask you to come and pray with us? It's pretty hard to say no when I'm looking at you. But it would be real nice if you could come and have a word of prayer with us. Nice to have our brother Ken here this morning. God bless you. It's nice to be here. If you don't mind, I'll make this a short prayer. Let's just bow. Come before our God. Father, we stand here as trophies of your grace, trophies of your love, trophies of the power of your word trophies of your healing we stand here in great awe of a great God who has chosen us from before the foundation of the world and Lord we have much to be thankful for and we have much to look forward to we look forward to the finished work we look forward to a rapture we look forward to the word of God having full effect and full manifestation in our lives and Lord We look forward to those who you will still call into the kingdom, Lord. Lord, would you have your way in each one of our lives? We lift our hands to you and say, Lord Jesus, have your divine way. Every prayer request that has been uh, spoken and unspoken, we bring it to you. The sister with the eye surgery that needs the great physician to come and correct and touch Lord, what doctors cannot do. Lord, would you show mercy to that sister and her family, Lord. Each one, we pray for uh, Sister Geneva, Brother Tom, Sister Joanne, my wife, who was unwell this morning. Lord, you know what the doctors would call it, but they don't know what you call it, Lord. And you call it a demon. And Father, we pray that There would be a deliverance, Lord, from all things. We thank you for Brother Murphy's message where he spoke that nothing can come upon us that Satan has not gotten permission to bring upon us. And, Lord, that gives us confidence that you have confidence in us. Lord, and the power of God within us, Lord. Have your divine way. We commit all things, the music, the preaching of the word. Anoint Brother Tim as he would come. Give us ears to hear wherever we are. And have your divine way. These unusual times and circumstances. But you remain the same. And we remain your children, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ken. And we believe that airways are cleared and lungs are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can have your seats this morning. And while Brother Mike Gagne is coming to get ready, let's just sing this little song Jesus has a table spread. Amen. Jesus has a table spread. Where the saints of God are fed, He invites His chosen people come and dine. With 
manna he does feed, and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. Oh, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. Feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry call it now, come and dine soon, the Lamb, soon the Lamb will take his bride to be ever at his side. All the host of heaven will assemble be, oh, it will be a glorious sight. All the saints in spotless white, and with Jesus we will feast eternally. Oh, come and dine, the Master call it. Come and die. You may be at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry, call us now. Come and die. Amen. Good to see you, brother Ke- Mike. God bless you. God bless you. Isn't it wonderful to worship our Lord? Praise his wonderful name. I so appreciate uh, Brother Ken's prayer. And that is exactly what uh, the song is about. We're in troubled times. There's never been a day like this day. Uh, But we've been raised up for a purpose. And we have to fulfill that purpose. And we're joyful and thankful that through the trials, he's keeping us and he's declaring victory through us. And we just have to take that upon ourselves and say, it is me. Because it's so easy to uh, say, well, it's going to happen. It can happen. It will happen. I trust and I'm one. But we are the bride of Christ. And we're called for this day and this hour. And I just trust that uh, you'd see yourself in this song and Manifest all that he's called us to do in this day. There's never been a time like this For us to serve God's purpose It's time to manifest the work to do the greater work, a living demonstration, the nature of God revealing us, the expressed image and attribute of the living God for such a time as been commissioned we are an invincible army in the service of our Lord for such a time as this we have been found faithful willing able soldiers of our God Not only are we chosen, 
to serve the Father's purpose. Declare to this generation our coming Lord and King. But He has called us righteous, holy, pure, and blameless. A temple that has been found befitting for a king. For such a time as this, we have been commissioned. We are an invincible army in the service of our Lord. For such a time as this, we have been found faithful, willing, able soldiers of our God. In the midst of this gross darkness, the light of God arises, proclaiming to the nation. We are His victory. He's captured the surrendered hearts of His bride from every nation whose one desire is to the bidding of their Lord and King. For such a time We are an invincible army in the service of our Lord. For such a time as this, we have been found faithful, willing, able soldiers of our God. Indwelt children of the King, the manifested bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful song, Brother Mike. We really, really appreciate that. God bless you. Amen. We are raised up for such a time as this. Amen. To stand true and faithful in this hour that we're in. Amen. Let's just call on Brother Tim now to come and minister the word. While we while he comes, maybe we'll sing uh, Faithful One So Unchanging. Oh, faithful one so unchanging ageless one you're my rock of peace and lord of all i depend on you i call out to Again and again 
Greet you all in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be here, gathered together around the Word of God. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm counting you as gathered with me this morning, even though it might be over a video connection. But we're not gathered around each other, but we're gathered around the Word of God. And for that, we are grateful this morning. Amen. How many are glad you have the Word of the Lord? Amen. That is our hope. That is our rest. That is our joy. And we thank God for that this morning. You can have your seats if you're standing. And uh, uh, I just want to uh, mention a couple things. And thank you. That is all the singing will do. Appreciate each and every one of you. Um, we, uh, we are thankful to be gathered here this morning, and I want to bring you greetings from many places such as Uganda and Ethiopia and uh, Angola and uh, different places as well in the United States, Africa, different continents. Uh, I bring you greetings from all of these brothers with whom I'm connected to and have connected to this week uh, that are too numerous to mention. And the reason that I mention them in general is so that you can see the bride around the world is interested in your well-being. And they say, greet Brother Biscoll and greet the saints there for us. And we do that in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so good to be gathered here together. I see Sister Biscoll on connection there. It's always good to see Sister Biscoll and, and the different ones, each and every one of you. Um, I, I was monitoring, that's not maybe not the right word, but I was uh, just meditating upon and pondering what God was doing in the country of Uganda. And so before I go to the word, I just want to show you something. And uh, I was in discussion with Brother Fred Chienji, who was ministering lately amongst the Seventh-day Adventist or the Adventist group. And uh, you may have remembered that last time I spoke, I mentioned that, that the, the word had gone in amongst the Adventists and that they had been impacted by the word of God. And, and so I was asking Brother Fred how it went and he sent me a, a testimony and I have a video for you here this morning to show you that and I'll show you that in just a moment. Uh, but as you watch this, I just want to draw your attention to a couple of things as you watch this. You know, you're not, we're not dealing with, you're not hearing from a young man, but you're hearing from an elderly or senior uh, minister from the Adventist church, a very studied theologian. And if you know anything about the Adventist group, uh, they very much study the word of God, although it is from their own perspective. And they study certain aspects of the word. As any denominational group is, they, they major on certain doctrines that they believe in. And they focus on those parts of the Bible that reinforce their ideas. And so this man that you'll hear from is uh, a theologian amongst them for 30 years. And so well, well studied. But when the word came by his way... His whole life was turned upside down. And uh, him and his church of about 150 people uh, have been impacted by the Word of God as well as other churches in that uh, denominational mindset. You know, God is not limited to any one group to redeem His children. 
He'll send his word wherever his seed are. And that's, that's one thing. It's not you. It's not me. The word came by our way and God uses us, but God is determined that he will not lose one. And that's what we rest in, is that we're here as long as God is still working out His redemptive purpose to seek out the elect wherever they may be. Because one thing about the elect is that they've got a hunger for God. There's a seed there laying in the soul, a deep calling. They know and believe, though they might not be able to uh, confess it, Brother Branham says, uh, he says, you went to this church, you went to that church, you went from this place to that place, but one day God opened your eyes. And, and that's the way it is. Somebody might go to this church, somebody might go to that church, but when the word goes by their way, or as we might say, when they hear the scream of the eagle flying overhead, they recognize that they are an eagle. And so we praise God for that. And so you'll hear from this brother, uh, and you'll also hear from a woman uh, Adventist preacher on this video. And, and I, I just wanted to put it on there. Uh, it's all part of the same video, so that you'll see that uh, how graciously Brother Fred handles this sister who did not know that she was out of her place. So to her, the church had told her that she was a preacher. The church had told her that she was a minister. And so she didn't understand that. And I'll tell you the end of the story after the video. So we'll put the video up and, and you can uh, play that now if you would. To testify before the Lord. This is Pastor Mukasa David, a former Adventist. I was born an Adventist. I was brought up an Adventist. I was served under that organization or under that church for over 30 years. Until recently, God met my soul and I got convicted. As now I'm talking, I'm a new born again Christian. So by that message, I would like to thank Pastor Chiyengi because this is the first day we have met at our place. They have come, they have visited us, they have enjoyed the word of God. Because what I've revealed, what has, what I've understood, the word of God is a revelation word. Ever since I met Pastor Chile, he has told us about revelation, the seven churches. So I believe, God willingly, we shall. Pastor Amen. May God bless 
I'm old pastor Mirembe Monica from Jesus Healing Center. I want like to appreciate God for this very day that God has brought to us Pastor Chiyinji who has fed us with the word of God and since I've heard the word of God today I feel that I am refreshed getting saved and I've understood today that I've been not following God I've been following people's understanding because Pastor Chiyinji after explaining the word I have understood that these pastors they have been following other things not telling us the truth I would like to uh, thank God for this very day I have been a pastor a woman pastor leading a church Jesus Healing Center. I am requesting Pastor Shinji to come to my church so that we get we get the kingdom of God. God bless you. We shall be coming at your church. And we have a lot to know. We shall sit together and no more and no more. The great thing is to be humble under the word. All other things will do themselves automatically in the word of the Lord. So we thank God. We have been here at Kangulumira uh, with Pastor Mukasa's church. A wonderful day. We would have baptized, but we are caught up by time. So we have not taken people for baptism. We are going to come back because there is curfew. So we could not do it today. We are we have been with a lot of things to do around, and we thank God we are blessed with these other people. These other ministers from other churches also have come and they have heard us preaching. And they are calling us. We are having a calls from different areas where these pastors, ministers from different places are wanting us to go also take the same one. So please, whoever seeing, is seeing this, keep us in the prayers so that God will give us health and God will give us power and life to go on with the word. And since Pastor Mukisa is well of us in scriptures, this is a man who is well of us in scriptures. But since he has accepted this, we know God is going to help use him on our behalf to move all around taking this truth. May God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God, God bless you, my Amen. Amen. I see some of you clapping, and I, I agree. Isn't it wonderful to see happy people that love the Word of God and are happy to see the Word of God? You know, they, they're rejoicing in the light of their day. They, that one brother had been a long time coming to the light of his day, but now that it's come, he, is, he was actually uh, originally had come in contact, had attended a service, I think, of ministers, a minister's meeting in January, and now, and had been inviting Brother Fred to come to his church. And so they have made opportunity. And then, the, as often happens now, other ministers were in this meeting, including this sister. And, and this sister being there, she was impacted by the Word of God. And you see how graciously Brother Fred handled her. It wasn't, you're out of your place and you need to get right with God and, you know, all this is wrong. No, he just said, you know, just humble yourself to the word of God. That's all that it takes. 
It's not, a, it's not a big revelation. Just be submissive to the word of God and let God take care of everything. Well, since this video was taken, the sister has stepped aside from the ministry and has asked the brothers to take care of the church because she realized, and that is a huge sacrifice. That is a huge sacrifice, and I'll tell you why. This was her sole means of support. She's actually a widow woman, and she has no other means of support for her and her five children. And so you pray for this sister, Sister Monica, that God will bless her, and God will bless her. God honors his word, and, and he will take care of her, and he will make sure that, that his word will not fall to the ground. And so there's many needs, and as you heard, there's also a curfew in the country, and it's creating a, a quite a bit of difficulty for because often, uh, how shall we say, there's not water available everywhere for baptisms. And so as a result, they have to take the people to places where they can baptize in, whether there's a local church or whether there's a, uh, a local water hole or something. And so the people have to travel in. The people have no means of transportation. So we've actually, I've actually allotted a fund for the brothers over there to, because we have to catch up on these baptisms. There's thousands of people out there that are waiting to be baptized. And and we want to honor that. Amen. And so you just remember that and remember that before the Lord that as we try and help them to help these people. And we believe that God will do his will and fulfill his word. As I said, aren't you glad the word came by your way? Amen. And they're thrilled. They are thrilled that the word has come by their way. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that's happening over there. And I have more to tell you at a later time. And so we'll just leave that there. If you have your Bibles, we'll turn to the word of God this morning. We want to be sensitive to um, time. Uh, uh, this morning we want to be able to uh, be concise I have, I have a, there's a lot to this subject and, uh, they normally put it up on the screen to start. And so the title, I wrestled with the title and I just took directly from the scripture, Jesus saying, you are gods. Uh, and, and John chapter 10 is where we'll be turning. And, uh, before we read, we want to certainly remember those that are weak amongst us, uh, those that are battling uh, especially our dear brother Tom and sister Joanne. Um, and I was thinking of them, and they're probably listening this morning, uh, I would imagine. And, and I was thinking of this scripture in Romans chapter 5, uh, in verse, or Romans chapter 4 and verse 19, where it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, neither was when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. One of the things about this COVID is it hits uh, those of us that are a little bit older, and I'm not claiming it is us, but those of you that are a little bit older, uh, it, it, it makes the body very weak. And uh, so Brother Tom's not here to give me a rough time for telling him that he's a little bit older than I am. But uh, 
I know one thing about Brother Tom. He's strong in faith. He's a real son of Abraham. Sister Joanne is a real daughter of Abraham. And these two are very strong in faith, like a bulldog faith. And they're believing God. But let's remember them because, you know, I think I was thinking of this year how that Brother Tom has really been like a punching bag for the devil. You know, he had his ankle worked on and then he had another operation a couple weeks ago for, for just to repair some things. And then, then, uh, then the COVID hit him and, and now he's down on that. And oh my, you know, I, I'm glad I, I, I'd say he's more of a man than I am. I'll say it that way. He, he's, uh, he's bearing through it. And you know, brother Tom, he's a fighter. And so we, but we want to bear him up when someone is weak amongst us. When one suffers, we all suffer. Amen. They're at home. And, uh, and so, but we want to bear them up that God will give them a speedy and a supernatural recovery. I know, I know brother Ken's in the building somewhere, but I heard him when he was praying still just a little bit short of breath. It seemed like, did it seem like to you too? And, uh, you know, brother Ken's already been through it weeks ago. And, uh, uh, and still, uh, you could hear that little bit of shortness of breath. I say, may the same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, may it quicken their mortal bodies and bring that body subject to the word of God. So we, we want to commit them all into the Lord's hands this morning. So let's bow our heads in a word of prayer before we read the scripture. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are grateful uh, for the fact, the reality that we serve not only a living God, but a supernatural God, an almighty God. And we would say, Lord, the one that created the heavens and the earth. Lord, because you are infinite and all knowing, when you were Sending those atoms into existence in time, space, and matter, O oh God. And you are bringing this earth into existence, Lord. And you are creating the elements that would make these bodies. And you are putting them together. Yet in the midst of all of that, you knew there would be a fall. You knew that sin would come into the midst for a purpose. That, Lord, we would be tried And in the midst of that purpose, Lord, that these bodies being weak, that we would need healing. And you made a provision, O Lord. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you and with your stripes we are healed. And so, Lord, may the healing virtue that was loosed at Calvary come upon each and every needy one this morning. Whether it be the ones that are in the latter stages of recovery, like Brother Ken, whether it be like Sister Geneva who's wrestling with it today, Brother Tom, Sister Joanne who are improving but yet still battling. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, we unite our faith together. Lord, we are claiming the promise of the Word, for the promises of the Word are ours. 
We are the children of the Almighty. And Lord, we have come together in faith this morning, believing, as you said, if we would ask anything in your name, we would have it. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask that a full measure of healing be allotted to the children of God. And Lord, we pray as we turn back the pages of your word this morning, I pray, Father, that you'll just take the preeminence. May you direct this word the way that it needs to go. This is a little bit different, Lord, because the dynamic of the service has changed. We don't have the people present in full capacity like we would normally. And Lord, normally there's an interaction between the preacher and the people pulling on the word. It's not a lecture, Lord, as we might say. It's not, Lord, just something in the, in the natural. It's not just putting some words together. Lord, there is a something happening in the spiritual realm this morning. And Lord, I pray that you'll take the preeminence now, that you'll gather the people's faith together. You'll gather their spirits together, gather our minds together in one mind and one accord and bring us together, Lord, around the word that the faith would increase and that the power of your presence would be loosed from that eternal realm into this mortal realm to obtain all the promises that are rightfully ours. Lord, we ask that you draw us nearer to you, Lord, anoint the speaker and the hearer, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. John chapter 10. And we'll begin reading there at verse... We'll just start at verse 30 to pick up the phrase of Jesus that was causing so much trouble. Jesus speaking, he says, I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? Now Jesus quoting them, quoting his own previous statement, I do works from my Father. He says, I and my Father are one. And so he's saying now, For which of these works that I have done from the one whom I am at oneness with, For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we stone thee not. In other words, we will gladly receive the works or the blessings of your connection with your father. But we don't want to acknowledge your connection with your father. Because if we acknowledge your connection with your father, then we have to recognize that connection. All right. So there, there, you can see the, I'll just call it demonic wrestling that's going on in their minds. We like the good works, but we don't like the doctrine. We like the blessings, but we don't like the truth. Now, for a good work we stone thee not, but for, a, for blasphemy. And because that thou being a man makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came to, came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him 
whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Amen. The Lord add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. Of course, just over a few pages in 14 and 20, Jesus says, At that day, which is this day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. All right? So Jesus says to the Pharisees, If I do, if I do the works of my Father... Don't believe me. Believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in Him. He says this to the world. But then to the believers, He says, there'll come a time that you'll know that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, I in you and you in me. Amen. So there's a a, a further revelation to the elect. Now, I had real wrestling with the title this morning because I didn't really... Uh, you know, to put that title up on the web page, you know, people might wonder, what is he speaking on? You are gods. And uh, uh, it, it kind of seems like an extreme statement or something that's uh, beyond the humility of Christianity to speak about. And, and I certainly wouldn't want to go even an inch beyond where the word takes us this morning, but I wouldn't want to go an inch short of where the word takes us this morning either. And so we want everything that the Word of God has for us. The gospel is not just about worshiping God. Christianity is not just about worshiping God. The the world all over, men in many ways claim to worship God. The Mohammedans claim to worship God. The Hindus claim to worship God. The Sikhs claim to worship God. Wherever they are in their different religious ideas of, of claiming of worship, it, it's all, they all claim about a worship of God. But the gospel is not just a story of worship. This gospel is a story of redemption. Of redemption means uh, to redeem, and in order to be redeemed means that you had to be deemed in the first place. To redeem means to reclaim. To bring back to a position. Like something that was put into, Brother Branham often said, talk about, put into a uh, a pawn shop. Something that was pawned, but it's yours originally. And you go and pay the purchase price to redeem that back to yourself. And we were, as it were, put into a pawn shop of life. We were always in the mind of God. Aren't you glad for that? We were always a part of the thoughts of God, but there come a time that, that God would send forth His Word to redeem us. And so it's, the gospel is, as much as it causes a worship of God and Christianity, and I want to say churches, as we have a church, it's not just about coming together to worship. It's much more than that. It's about the revelation of our relationship with God and who we are in relationship with God. Both that realized and unrealized relationship there, you know, we want the church of the living God to be a, not only a, a place of worship, we want, we want it also to be a place of correction. Uh, 
But we want it not only to be a place of correction, we want it to be a place of healing. Of healing naturally, of healing spiritually. You know, Brother Random talked about the greatest need of healing is in the soul realm. There's need of healing in the soul realm. There's need of healing in the spirit realm or the mind realm. There's need of healing in the physical realm. And all of that healing comes from Calvary. And, and so the, the, the gospel is a dynamic. It's, it's a reality. It's a power of God. I was talking to some young ministers the other day and, and, uh, uh I was, I w- they were asked a question about Brother Branham approaching services and, and how that we were looking at the seven seals and the different things that Brother Branham was saying. And I said to them, I said, you know, uh, Brother Branham waiting for a certain anointing to be there, a certain, uh, 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 green light as it were from the Lord before he actually broke into the substance of the seal shows us that God might put something on our hearts as ministers to speak, but there has to be a right atmosphere. There has to be a, a, a readiness amongst the people to receive the word of God. And then it can be delivered in the power and authority which God desires it to be delivered in. It's not just a matter of stepping behind the pulpit and speaking some truths and just laying it out and say, here it is and this is what's right and this is what's wrong and that's just black and white. You know, any religion can do that. The gospel is a dynamic relationship between Christ and his bride. And there's something spiritually that takes place. There's a supernatural act. There's a supernatural reality. That's why we come together to worship. That's why we're sick and tired of gathering over video. Can you say amen to that? How many are tired? Listen, you got to be tired of it. And I'll I'll say the reason you got to be tired of it. When, When God heard the cry of Israel in Egypt, then God sent the deliverer down. To deliver them. Isn't that right? He's got to hear the cry of his people. If you're tired of this. Tell God you're tired of it. You're his people. You're the ones that he cares about. If you're happy. uh, Just sitting at home. Watching the gospel on a video. uh, I feel sorry for you. I guess I'd say it that way. But I think there's more for you. To come together in this end time. To worship God. Not just so we can have some kind of revival meeting or have some kind of uh, uh, outward expression of emotion. It's much deeper than that. It's much more real than that. And it's something that God has uh, has brought his church into. He does not send his word by our way and then just send us on our way. No, even Brother Branham takes, takes uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan and, and talks about how that the man you know, was in a backslidden condition on the side of the road. He was beat up. He was half alive and half dead. He was between Jerusalem and Jericho. And he brought out all those types. But he said he took them to the inn. He says the inn was the church. The innkeeper was the pastor. He says, and he gave him the gifts and says, put in oil and, and, and put, put in the necessary things to heal this man. And, and if you use anything more than I've given you, then I'll repay you, you know, uh, when I come back. And so he, he was, the, the good Samaritan really was Christ that came by our way. And, and he takes us to the church and he says, now help heal these people. Amen. So that's what church is about. Can you say amen to that? That's, that's what we want to recognize and what we want to have in reality. I, I maybe have a few things to say on that this morning, if the Lord will give me 
liberty. But the gospel is God making himself known to us, not us figuring out God. All right, if I can go there. In the book of Deuteronomy, God says to Israel as he's bringing them out under the Exodus. In, in chapter 8 and verse 2, he says, And thou shalt remember the, all the way the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee. To know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and, listen, he says, suffered thee to hunger. And fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. That he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. And then he says, thy raiment waxed not old upon you, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart... That as a man chastens his son, so the Lord thy God chastens you. All right? So God's describing a relationship here. And he says now, he says, listen. He says, I did this for a purpose. In chapter 29, he actually says it this way, reiterating it. He says, that you might know that I am the Lord your God. In other words, it hasn't been easy. But I made it that way so you could know that I'm with you. All right, are you you hearing me this morning? He says, it hasn't been easy, but I made it this way so you could know that I'm your God. I'm with you. That you're my son. And the reason I chasten you or correct you is so that you could know that you are my son. And as we correct our own children, the scripture says, the correction, as Brother Branham talks about it in the church ages, the correction is not for a purpose of punishment. The correction is with a view of the person being corrected, being improved, being chastened, being brought into the right behavior. And that's the same reason that we correct our own children. If it isn't the reason we correct our own children, then we're correcting them wrong. But that's the reason that we bring correction, not as punishment for errors, but as in order to bring about good behavior. And that's the reason that God brings chastening within our lives and corrects us. And which one of us have not been chastened, the scripture says. God brings it for a purpose. All right. Now, I'll just say In other words, if there wasn't correction, we wouldn't be sons. The Bible even says Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. All right, so not in a form of correction necessarily, in Jesus' case, because he was perfect. But in a form of suffering that God allows to show obedience under the suffering. And God said, for this reason I allowed you, Israel, to suffer. I didn't let everything be easy. You could have had it easy in Goshen, but I had to take that away because it's not my will that you stay in Goshen. You got to leave Goshen. You got to come over to the promised land. You got to leave what's good in the natural and come to what's good in the spiritual. Amen. You got to come to the reality of the inheritance that I gave to Abraham. You got to come in and possess the lands. And so is it with the children of God. It's not just a matter of having a good life and having a nice home and having, having the blessings of God in our family and, and maybe having money in the bank account or a good job or a nice car, whatever more it might be. Those are all very nice things. But yet if everything's easy, 
Brother Bram says, you don't need faith. But you want faith. Amen. How many want faith? Amen. We all want faith. But if you want faith, there's got to be something for faith to push against. There's got to be an opposition. All right. Jesus in John chapter 17. He says, he's praying. I just injected this in here this morning as I was praying early this morning. My mind just went to Jesus praying and how he prayed for us. And he says, and this is life eternal. This is life eternal. Are you ready? We often say eternal life is living for others. And it is. That's an expression of eternal life. But Jesus says, this is life eternal. That they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is eternal life. To know God and to know Jesus Christ. As Jesus said, if there's somebody listening to me that's skeptical of the gospel, as Jesus said, no man cometh to the Father but by me. There's no, everybody can claim to worship God and they do worship God. Don't get me wrong. They do worship in their minds, in their thoughts. They're worshiping whatever they know. As, as Paul dealt with the, uh, the Grecians on Mars Hill and, and, and he watched their, their discussions of different gods and different ideas and different philosophies. And he says, he says, I want to talk to you for a moment. He says, I, I see you've got many altars here and many gods, he says. And there's there's one place you've got an inscription here, an altar to the unknown God. He says, that's the God I want to talk to you about. In other words, I want to talk to you about the God you don't know. I want to talk to you about the God that you're not even talking about. You talk about God, you talk about worship, you talk about what's right, you talk about what's wrong, you talk about all these ideas, but I want to talk to you about a God whom you don't know. And he began to express to them, and when he came to the point of a resurrection, the Bible says, many mocked him, but some believed. And those were the ones that Paul was after. He wasn't after everybody. This gospel isn't going out to everybody. This gospel is not a competition to the Buddhists and the, the Mohammedans and the, the, the Hindus and the Sikhs and all the different ideas. This is not competition. This is God saying, I'm sending my word for my elect. I'm going to get them. And it might look like foolishness to the world, but it will catch the elect of God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Then he goes on a little bit later. He says, I have given them thy word and the world hateth them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. So notice how he says that. I don't pray that you would make it easy for them. But keep them in the midst of evil. Amen. How many could say, God never made it easy for me. Now you might say, well, Jesus says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, that's true in that, you know, we don't have to go to Calvary. We don't have to hang on a cross. We don't have to die for our sins. We don't have to pay the ultimate sacrifice. He's already paid the price. 
And this we get without money and without price. The gospel is free. But the way of the believer is a way of persecution. Jesus said, blessed are you when they persecute you for my name's sake. Persecution's not easy. Amen. Persecution is not something that anybody runs towards. Rather, we want to run away from it. But yet in the midst of all that, God is able to keep us as Jesus pray. Don't take them out of the world. Keep them. That thou wouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Then he says, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one as thou, Father, are in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So now here we see two groups. We see those that Jesus was praying for and the world. Is that right? Jesus says, I pray that you'll make yourself known in these ones. I pray that you'll keep them. I pray that, that not that you take them out of the world, but you'll keep them in the midst of evil. And I pray that they will be one and that, you, that, that you'll be in them I, as I'm in you and they'll be one in us. Then he says, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. I happened to catch a, a little bit of a, I guess you'd even call it a testimony, but it's not a testimony of faith. Somebody just that was talking about uh, Christianity and uh, talking about what historians say and secular historians regarding the life of the apostles. Many of them have written, and he was describing this, many have written that while we can't, we can't it's impossible to say that Jesus rose from the dead. We can't, there's no, there's no historical proof that Jesus rose from the dead. But we can say with certainty, based on the lives and actions of the disciples and the believers, that they absolutely believed that Jesus rose from the dead. You see? He says, there, there's no, there, you can't, you can't go to a court of law and prove that Jesus rose from the dead. It's by faith. It, that, that's the reality of it. Jesus only made himself known to just a very few people. But the reality of the lives of the disciples and those that were there, the historians look at their lives, even secular historians, and say, one thing we know is that these people absolutely believed that Jesus rose from the dead. They had absolute, they had, you could tell by the way they lived their lives. You could tell by the way they were changed, by the way it impacted them. There was some kind of a transformation and they were, and these people were absolutely certain. Of course, they don't know what the new birth is. They don't know the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They don't know all those things that happened to a son and daughter of God. But even in, in Acts chapter four, we find that amongst, uh, the, the Judaic church there, the elders in, in Israel, says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. 
Amen. There was something different because they had been with Jesus. You want to know what's different about Brother Tim? I've been with Jesus. You want to know what's different about these other believers that are around here? They've been with Jesus. It's not something in their own sense. My, you got a bunch of bold believers there. You got a bunch of people that have a certain personality, a certain characteristic. That's not it. The reality is many of us are ignorant and unlearned. There's nothing special about us, but we've been with Jesus. And something happened along the way that changed our lives. And we do know and believe that Jesus rose from the dead, paid the price for our sins, brought back our inheritance, that we might be in possession of all the redemptive blessings that are named in the word of God. We are that people. Amen. That is our confession, not just with our words, but with our lives. Who are we? Are we elite in ourselves? No. Do we have some kind of special knowledge in ourselves? No. Do we have some kind of special ability or some kind of intrinsic gift that gives us access to the supernatural? No, it's not that. The reality is that we came in contact with the supernatural because God brought the word by our way. And we didn't know we were a predestinated seed, but one day that became a reality to us. Even some of you that are raised in message churches, you young people that sit there and go, well, how do I know that I'm a predestinated seed? How can I tell that I'm a predestinated seed? Just the fact that when the word strikes your heart, it produces something in you. You might run from it. You might try and get away from it. You might try and hide from it, but there's a seed laying there just like it was in Paul who was, who was guilty of agreeing with the death of Stephen and that he had to bear the scars of that the rest of his life. But throughout that he say, God who chose me, God who called me, God who placed me. Amen. It's God that came by his way and said, Paul, this isn't what life is about. I'm going to show you what life is about. Hallelujah. And the reality of the gospel became in the apostle Paul. Amen. So it's not it's not our natural it's not our natural man. It isn't even we could say that we're special in ourselves. It's just that we truly believe the word of God. We truly believe the word of God. There's much to that simple statement. We truly believe the word of God. Amen. I know there's many, if not and most, if not all of you, that, that that resonates within your heart. There's just something in me. I just believe the word of God. Hallelujah. I don't bring it to pass. That's not my job. My job is just believing it. It's God that brings it to pass. It's my faith that stirs God to fulfill his word. Amen. I want to read you some statements that Brother Branham makes about not just God sending his word, but about those to whom he sends his word. And I want to just say this. Maybe I'll just lay this premise so you know where I'm going. Premise, is that the right word? Maybe Brother Ken would know that. No, no, no. But it's... You know, is there's no there's no one that can say like Jesus, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. All right, that 
Jesus Christ was the fullness of the Godhead dwelling bodily in flesh. There's nobody that can say it like him. Though we can say the Father dwells in us. Okay? But nobody can say it like Jesus. Then I'll go on the prophetic level and say there's nobody that can quite respond to being given the word like a prophet whom is sent to the age to bring the word to that age. That's a level of this description, those to whom the word is sent to. But I'll take it to another level and say, God also sent his word to you because while you are not Abraham, you are the children of Abraham by faith. God sent his word to you to bring about an expression of his word in this age that we're living in. And I want to quote Brother Branham because I feel like the prophet to the age has a way of expressing it that was meant for us. And so let me just read a few statements that Brother Branham makes here. Um, 1957, and I'll jump a little bit uh, just to make some connections here, but I'm not trying to establish a doctrine. I'm just trying to enforce something here. 1957, Brother Branham says, Now Abraham was a part of God. Jesus said when he was here on the earth, Is not it written in your laws that you are God's? And if they call those gods to who the word of God come to, how about him being God? They were gods by measure. He was the fullness of God. God was in him, speaking of Jesus, reconciling the world to himself. All right. So now he describes Abraham in relation to Jesus. 1961. It says, man was made to be a God, a lesser God. He was made in the image and likeness of God. He, is, he had hands like God, he had feet like God, eyes, ears, and intelligence like God. His whole fiber, because he was a son of God. And Jesus referred to him as God. Jesus said, how can you condemn me, saying I'm the son of God? Isn't it written in your law that you are God's? And if they call the gods who the word of God came to, how can you condemn me when I say, I'm the son of God? He was referring to the prophets, the anointed ones, lesser anointed. Jesus was so anointed that he was more than a prophet. Jesus was so anointed till he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was God. The prophets had the same kind of anointing only in a lesser condition. And then he says, when God made man, he goes back to Genesis now. When God made man, he made him a God because he gave him dominion. He had rulership. He had power over the birds of the air, the cattle, the winds, the waves, the fishes of the sea, everything. He had dominion over everything. He was a ruler, anointed a ruler because he was in the likeness and image of God with an earthly domain. That's why the Bible says the earth is groaning, waiting, crying for the manifestation of the sons of God. The world is waiting for the man to come back into his right estate. Amen. Uh, I hope you can identify yourself there. That's Romans chapter 8, of course, that Brother Branham is referring to there. All right. In 1960, now I'm just jumping back a bit because it just fits better in this order. 
He says the prophets were considered gods. Man was made a lesser god and given a domain on the earth. That's the reason that the world today is groaning, waiting for the full manifestations of the sons of God. Oh, there's great, deep, and blessed teaching in that. That someday man will come back into his right place and his domain will be the earth. And he will speak to a tree or to the mountain or to anything. It'll just go in place just like it was intended to be. Amen. All right, so now you can see already that this service is not just a service to sinners, though I trust that the word will quicken the sinners. This is not a service to backsliders. This is a service to believers. This is for sons and daughters of God to help us to focus in on what God wants us to be. As God strips away the unbelief from our our, our pre-existence or our fleshliness or whatever way you want to term it, as He washes us in the water of the Word, We need to be washed in the water of the Word and allow the Word to tell us who we are. Not to let the church tell us who we are. Not to let the let the government tell us who we are. Not to let the politics tell us who we are. Not to let medical science tell us who we are. Nor education nor anything like that. But let the Word of God tell us who we are. And so Brother Branham spelling that out specifically here, he says, woe oh, for us to come back. Someday man will come back to his right place. Well, if there's a someday, it's got to be this day because this day is the last day. Amen. So in the last days, there's got to be a recognition, Jesus said, that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, I in you and you in me. It's not coming to the level that Jesus was at. I've already nailed that down. That Jesus is incomparable. He was the fullness of the anointing, the fullness of God dwelling in flesh. But there's a part for you and a part for me. Amen. All right. By faith. Now, I'll just say this. If we're young in the faith, immediately... The devil will come against us and say, oh, you know what? He's, he's being fanatical. He's trying to set the bar too high. He's, he's trying to, you know, tell you something. That, that's not what it's about. No, I, I'm actually going to say this. Christianity is not just about we're just a bunch of sinners saved by grace. Christianity is the thoughts of God in his mind before the foundation of the world coming into manifestation. That's what Christianity is. That's real Christianity. Maybe I'll read it here in just a moment. I'm sure I've got... More on that. 1963, Brother Brown describes in the sixth seal the witnesses of God, the two prophets, under that tribulation period. He says, here it is in the tribulation period. Here stands them prophets who, to who has control of the word that God gives them. They can only speak as God gives them the word. Now that's important, that one statement. A prophet or a believer does not just have their own desires. They can only speak as God gives them the word. That's why when Brother Branham got saved, I'm really going to get sidetracked now on this one. When Brother Branham got saved, it was not then that God told him, you have power to bind and power to loose. There had to be a development of character. In his life. A molding of the individual. To come to his rightful position. It was his rightful position. But the new birth didn't put him there. Oh you say well the new birth gave him all authority. And it does potentially. The new birth gives him all rights. And it does potentially. But you can't obtain anything. If God doesn't reveal it to you. 
And revelation comes from God. And so Brother Branham being born again, he, he saw, he even saw these gifts in his life, the visions, the things that he called trances and different things. He didn't know what it was. It was after he was born again that he even wanted to pray, God, take these things out of my life. Is that right? What was it? He didn't understand the purpose to which he was born. And so it was God molding a man till one day he met an angel in a cave that explained to him. And I'll just say this. Though an angel explained it to him, if you'll look closely at his testimony, before the angel came to him, the word became alive to him. Till as he was in the cave, he, be, he began to get these thoughts. Well, didn't Jesus say, I do nothing but what the Father shows me first? Didn't, didn't, didn't it also happen this way? Isn't this a vision? Isn't this? And he began to see in the scripture the importance of visions in certain ways in the scripture. And it was then that as he began to wonder, well, maybe that's what's really happening to me. It was then, you go read the life story testimony and how the angel came to me. It was then that the angel came to him after the revelation that, that the angel came and began to explain to him as uh, you have been called to take a gift of healing to the world, etc., etc., and begin to explain to him his own ministry. But the word came to the prophet first. Hallelujah. And so the revelation become poured in there. Now, so now a prophet, the same with a believer, you can't just say, this is the way it's going to be. Now, if it was God that inspired you to say that, it'll happen. But if it's just your own self thinking it, it doesn't mean anything. Because the words of a man will fail, but the word of God will never fail. All right? And that's why a prophet is specifically made that he, that he is made to say exactly what God wants him to say. I'm, I'm just getting sidetracked on the molding. So there's, there's a life that has to be molded. There was a progression in Brother Branham's life. There's a progression in your life. And I'll just drop this in as I leave this there. Because what God's working on is your character. Because only with character comes power. Because power without character is demonic. Amen? We know that statement. And that's what the world has. That's what the devil has. Power without character is used for evil purposes. But power with character is fit to rule. Amen. And so it's, it's so in the natural and it's so in the spiritual. So God's working on our character that he might bring us more and more into his likeness and image by the revelation of the word of God. I'm not preaching on that this morning. So he says they can only speak as God gives them the word. Now they're not gods. They're temporarily, amateurly they are. Because Jesus said, you call them gods who the word of God came to. All right. But he says, that's the one that God brings the word to. And when he speaks it, it happens. That's all. And here he is with a commission from God to smite the earth, whatever he wants to. Oh my, stop the heavens. And he does. What's the matter? He's fixing to take 144,000 out for redemption, out of the book of redemption that's under the seal of redemption in the sixth seal. All right, so he's just describing the tribulation and why God sends these two prophets. He says, and he equips them with the words. He sends the word to them. 
and they re- they receive the word for their age, and they minister the word, and they have power to call uh, fire from heaven. They have power to change nature. They have power to do all sorts of things. But there's a purpose in that because God is calling out 144,000. So the word is not just to destroy, to prove that God is God, to bring about the tribulation. The word is sent to redeem the 144,000. And to the rest of the world, it's judgment at that time. All right. One last quote before we move on. He says in the Smyrnian church age, he says, now we're coming to a conclusion. He says, as the eternal Logos God was manifested in the Son and in Jesus dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We've established that. And that, that eternal one was the Father manifested in flesh. And thereby gained the title of son. And I've, I've read this quote many times, but I just want to anchor it one more time. And thereby gained the title of son, even so we, eternal in his thoughts, in our turn, became the many-membered spoken word seed manifested in flesh. Amen. That's our turn. It's your turn. All right. Uh, someone just spoke on responsibility. Was it Brother Michael? And, uh, uh, you know, uh, accept the responsibility. Man running from the presence of the Lord. Brother Ram says it's human nature to run away from responsibility. You know, and the reason that, the reason even that Brother Branham, the voice to the age, was preaching man running from the presence of the Lord was because he was running away from preaching on marriage and divorce. That was the whole reason behind that message. And yet that was the very message I, I was listening to when God told me, you're running <laughs> from what I've called you to do. And I had to turn around and I have to admit, you know, you know, Lord, whatever you want me to do, that's the way I, I'm sure Brother Michael can relate to that man running from the presence of the Lord. And sometimes, you know, we can spend a lot of our lives knowing that God's calling us to do more. We might not know what that more is. We might, might not know what that position is. But yet we're running. And God has to turn around and say. You need to take responsibility. You need to accept. And, and Brother Random even says in that message. He says it's, it's up to us. We have to go to God. And find out the reason that he put us here for. That's what our responsibility is. And so Brother Branham says here in the church age book. He says. Eternal in his thoughts in our turn became the many-membered spoken word seed manifested in flesh. And those eternal thoughts now manifest in flesh are the sons of God, even as we are so called. We did not become seed by the rebirth. We were seed and therefore were reborn for only the elect can be reborn because we were seed is the reason we could be quickened. In non-seed, there is nothing to quicken. So how can you tell seed from non-seed? Whether they can be quickened by the word. That's all. Some it might be an instant. Some it might be a long time. Some might be ever. But how are we going to find out? Well, when we get on the other side, we'll know. Amen. Who is seed and who is not seed? Brother Branham said, when you get on the other side, you'll be surprised who made it. And you'll be surprised who didn't make it. I hope the surprises aren't too shocking to us. But all we know is we want to be there. Amen. We want to be in our place in that realm. Our place.
Those who the word of God came to. You're still with me. Wave your hand if you're still with me. All right, you're still with me this morning. I don't want to. Oh, a couple of you have nodded off there. That's okay. Uh, we, we recognize that. Who the word of God came to. He didn't say those who figured out the word. Ye are gods, those who figured out the word. No, it's not what he said. He did not say those who prayed so hard. They are the ones that are gods. No. He didn't say those who studied the hardest or those that were the most faithful. They are the gods or sons of God. They are the ones. No, he didn't say that. He says those whom the word of God came to. It was the sovereignty of God in sending his word. Salvation is of the Lord. That word that is the answer for the age. Now we got to, well, let's use some examples. We talked a lot about, about how it works, but now let's use some examples. As Brother Brandon would say, lose some examples from the scripture. Moses, a man who knew he was a special child, had been raised a special child, had been saved from death in his, in his infancy, had had been raised by his mother, had been told of good things, had come to the age of accountability, had come to a certain age, I think about 40 years old, till he, he looked upon the children of God and he esteemed the reproach of Christ, greater treasures than the riches of Egypt, and he wanted to be identified with Israel, and he wanted to take his place, and he desired it, and he was a complete failure. Why? Because while he wanted it, the word had not come to him yet. It had not yet quickened him. He had not yet had his meeting with God. And I, and I say that not to say if you haven't had your meeting with God, then, then, then just go off and do worldly things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you just stay before God until you get a meeting with God. Be like, I'd rather be like the woman who went to the unjust judge that just kept knocking and kept knocking and kept knocking and said, I'm not leaving you till you answer me. And even, Jesus said, even the unjust judge had to answer her, but yet is not your Father in heaven better than that? Amen. He knows what you have need of. He knows what your desires are. He knows what He put within you. You just give yourself to Him. You just stay before Him. You just feed yourself upon the Word of God. If you can say, I, I, I believe, Brother Tim, I haven't been quickened, then you just stay in the Word of God until it does quicken you. I'm reminded of John Wesley's conversion. How that he, how that he said, I was in a service listening to somebody read the messages of Martin Luther. Imagine reading the messages, the messages of a messenger. They were reading the messages of Martin Luther. And he says, I felt my heart strangely warmed. Something happened on the inside when the word came by his way. Amen. It quickened him. And Moses, you know, he wasn't someone that we would call the most faithful. He wasn't even someone that he, we would call the most willing. He had a lot of excuses that he didn't want to do it. And a lot of us have those same kind of excuses. But that didn't make any difference. God said to Moses, he says, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Hallelujah. The word came by his way and says, you will be anointed for this hour. You will be a God. In other words, like an amateur creator, an amateur God, you will come into authority of the word of God. And in that authority, you will be over Pharaoh even. 
My, the, the greatest kingdom of the world. It's like saying, I made you a god to the president of the United States. My, that would be quite a position, wouldn't it be? But that's exactly what God was telling Moses. I'm making you a god to Pharaoh. You just take my word and speak my word. And God said, go tell Pharaoh this. Go tell Pharaoh that. Go tell Pharaoh this. And that's all Moses did. So what is a god? A god is not a god in his own thinking. A god is... An amateur God is someone who just speaks the word of God. All right. Samuel. The word of God came to Samuel. Was he, was he fully mature? I say not. He was a little boy. Just a few years old. Just hardly weaned. You know, hardly able to take, to take his position away from his mother, but he was a special child. God called him for a purpose. He even anointed his mother. I've been through that. And how that she had to go through trials to even bring forth this son. But yet, uh, when the high priest was out of order, his sons were out of order. His sons were corrupt. All of those kind of things. Then little Samuel came on the scene and began to speak the word of the Lord. And the Bible says the word of God was precious in those times because there was no open vision. But now the word came to a little child. So what's important? The intelligence of the man or the word? It's the word that comes in and takes his position. Isaiah, God raised up, even though he was a great prophet, a real spiritual man. But it took the death of Uzziah to bring Isaiah to the place to receive the word for the age. And I was thinking about Elijah. And I might just uh, talk about Elijah for a moment. I don't want to keep you too long today because there's two services. Brother John will be ministering tonight in uh, at the camp. And, and we look forward to that, the, the reestablishment of the services at the camp. May God just pour out his spirit over there and to us as we watch. And so, uh, uh, but Elijah was, uh, was a man, walked out of the wilderness and declared a drought. No, no rain will fall from heaven, not even dew will come until I call for it. Now there's a God. There's a son of God manifested as an amateur God. Walked out of the wilderness. That wasn't global warming. That wasn't carbon in the atmosphere. That was Holy Spirit in nature holding everything back. Saying you're going to have some global warming here and it's not going to be good for three and a half years. Until I call for it. Amen. And then at the end of three and a half years. Called, called all Israel to a showdown on Mount Carmel. Says now bring the prophets of Baal up. And let the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. Let's see if you know who God is. And they called on their God of Baal. And, and oh they could worship. They could sing. They could dance. They could do all kinds of things. They could worship. But Elijah just stood there and says. Lord let it be known that I have done this at your word. In other words, let it be known to the people that this is your word. And let, let there be no mistake. And he, and he put the altar in order and he, and he, and he put, oh, what a placing of the altar that Elijah did and those 12 stones and representing the tribes of Israel, the word of God, putting them back into position. And he laid the sacrifice on the altar, which represented Christ. And he poured the water on the sacrifice, like the washing of the water of the word. And then he said, Lord, just let it be known that I'd done all this at your word. He didn't have to work it up. It wasn't about human emotion. The services wasn't about human emotion. Are you with me? 
It wasn't about just coming together to all boo-hoo together. No, it was time to gather Israel. Gather them around the word of God. Now, Lord, I have done this. I have declared this. This is your word. Now let the fire fall from heaven. And God set the fire and burnt the sacrifice. And consumed the stones which were a representation of the nation. And licked up all the water till it was just a burnt spot on the ground. Why? Because they were gathered around the word of God. God, oh Lord, let us gather around the word of God and come and consume the sacrifice amongst your people. Let the presence of God come down. Let the realities of God be expressed amongst his church. Even now, as it were, in the homes, Lord, may somebody by faith just reach out and say, I'm gathered around the word today and I have a need. Oh Lord, come and and burn my need with fire. Come down and consume me with the fire of your Holy Spirit. Come down and take away my fleshliness. Come down and take away my worldliness. Come down and take away my difficulties, oh Lord. Come and deliver me out of my trials. Somebody by faith could just reach out and say, I'm standing here, Lord. I'm standing with Elijah. I'm standing with the provided sacrifice. I'm standing with the realities of God. I'm standing for what the truth is. I don't care if I have no money in the bank. I don't care if I got no car. I don't care if I got no opportunity. I don't care what it is. I'm standing for God this morning. Amen. I'm standing for what's true and what's a reality. That's where I want to stand this morning. Because Christianity is not just going to church and worshiping. Christianity is receiving the word of the Lord. Christianity is being identified with the word of God. And I'll I'll just say it this way. Uh, And I'm not trying to justify video meetings. Quite frankly, I'm against it, as you'll see just in a moment. And uh, many times, you know, we interpret even Christianity by our own cultural background. I've been in message churches in Africa. I've been in message churches in India. I've been to China, but we got a Chinese brother Murphy here. When he goes to China, he goes home. You know, I, I... uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna expose you, Brother Murphy. So you know, some people say he goes to China for a couple months. God bless him for a sacrifice. I said sacrifice. That'd be like if I lived in Africa and I went home to North America for two months. That's no sacrifice. That's going home. <laughs> and, and sorry, Brother Murphy, but uh, uh, you know uh, we appreciate all that the Lord has used Brother Murphy for in that country. And let me tell you something: if he went to China now, he wouldn't be going home. He'd be going to a little cell with bars on it. And that's why we won't even let Brother Murphy go to China now. Be, as much as he would desire to be there and desire to be amongst the believers. And I don't blame him. But yet in the midst of all of that, you know, God has to make a provided way. It ha- you know, on the other hand, if Brother Murphy said, I'm going to China because the Lord spoke to me. I'm going to be perfectly safe. If, the, if Brother Murphy said that, there's nobody would argue with him. Absolutely nobody. But it's got to be thus saith the Lord. And because if you're in the perfect will of God, that's the safest place you can be in. Amen. All right. So we don't gather together as as just religious duty. We gather together in recognition that we are the children of God. And we are not of this world. Can you say amen to that? That's why we gather. We have been quickened. As Jesus prayed, they are not of this world. We are quickened that we are those they who are not of this world. But he didn't pray that we would be spared from this world, but rather in the midst of the evil that he would keep us. 
We do it in recognition that the word of God came to the prophet. Can you say amen to that? God sent his word to a prophet in this generation. And through that prophet, the word came to us. Because the Lord does nothing but what he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Anytime God does a new thing. And, and the, the mystery of God is made known. We've come to the time and the season. We've come to the hour that the mystery is finished. The mystery of God of redemption. How that God has declared that these are my children. No one else can touch them. These are mine. And I, and I rest in that entirely that, that, that we can stand here this morning and say, I have no fear because God has declared me as His. And if I'm not His, it, then it wouldn't matter anyway because then, then what point would it be? But because I am His, I have nothing to fear what man can do unto me. Nothing whatsoever. It's not about, and our gathering together is not a religious program of some sort of system. Alright? Our church gatherings are, are, the fact that we have this building, it might be a beautiful building, but that's not what it's about. It's a place where the children of God, and that's why Brother Ed has often said, we don't just want to be another church. This is a place for the sons and daughters of God to come together in one spirit and one accord. And I'll say, execute the realities of the supernatural. Bring to pass what is in God's mind because it is God fulfilling His Word. Are you with me? It's not what you want, not what I want. It's God fulfilling His Word. It's the reality. And that's what's happening in, in these countries overseas. You saw in Uganda. I was talking with Brother uh, Mogus in Ethiopia. He says, we, we had some difficulty in, in building. Uh, they're renting a piece of land. And they're building a very rudimentary building. Not too much unlike the buildings in Uganda that we're building. So that they can have their own place of worship. And he says, he says, the landlord has given us some troubles. And the landlord, uh, you know, was very belligerent, didn't like what we were doing, didn't like the building, didn't, you know, because well, of course they're just renting the land from the landlord. I think it's a five-year lease or something on there right now. But, uh, and so they're, they're, they're erecting the structure and, and she came with even policemen and different ones and said, tear this down. And so it brought about a confrontation. There in Ethiopia, right in the capital city there of Addis Ababa, though it was all legally in place and everything was done right. And he says, uh, he says, we, we very have much had a hard time smoothing things over. He says, but then she got COVID. He says, and she called us to pray for her. Amen. The woman who was the landlord, all of a sudden now she had a use for these people. All of a sudden now she needed these people. Now there was something they had that she didn't have. And she was suffering. So he said, all right, we'll pray for you. And he says, from that time, everything's been smooth. Amen. So sometimes COVID isn't necessarily a bad thing. Can we say it that way? Sorry, Brother Ken. But, you know, uh, sometimes it has its purpose. And God uses these things for his own glory. Amen. 
I want to say I was listening to the court case that is presently in our country, in our province right now in BC. I was listening to the lawyer for the, uh, the plaintiff side who's arguing for freedom of religion uh, describe his case, the government's case, and all of that. And I have not been at all impressed, and I'll just say it this way, with the government handling of the sons of God. I have not been impressed. As a matter of fact, I'll use the word, I've become disgusted learning some of the background facts of the case and the shutting down of the churches. You know, it's one thing to look at all the circumstances of the age, but in the midst of all the circumstances of the age, there's a reality that most don't see, and that is the Word of God has come to a people within this society. There is a people to whom the Word of God has come to. Now when, when, when the Word, Moses, came down into Egypt and declared to Pharaoh that I'm going to destroy your cattle and destroy your, your, your uh, uh, livestock. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, He that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the houses. God says, I'm going to send a hail. I'm going to bring destruction upon your, your flocks out there. And, and people that didn't believe in God, they're just like, oh, well, you know, we don't believe this religious stuff. But there were those who had respect to the word of God that had come amongst them. And they were blessed because they brought all their cattle under a roof. They said, we better, if we want to save our cattle, what these people say, they weren't believers. They weren't people that were following Moses, but they had respect to what God had done in the midst. So, well, we better just bring our cattle. And, and, and he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. Well, we know how that worked out for them. It's one thing to look at all these kinds of circumstances, but the word of God has come to a people. There is a people in the midst of whether it be Canada, United States, these different places, and all of these governments and their authorities, these spiritual wickedness in high places that have come against freedom of religion. And I'm, I'm not just harping on the political aspect of it. I'm just saying what they are doing is they are actually doing what Belteshazzar did in his, in his wicked feast. As he gathered together a drunken feast there in Babylon, as we've come now to these last days of mystery Babylon, as he brought them all together. And the Bible says that he called for the vessels that were taken from the temple to be brought into the feast so they could drink out of sanctified vessels that belonged in the house of God. So they began to mishandle the vessels of the Lord. And it was at that time that the handwriting was written on the wall, Meeny, meeny, tickle up Sharon. And, they, and it brought such a fear upon everybody. But they didn't know why. They didn't know why this had happened in their midst. But the queen recognized, the queen mother says, well, there's a man called Daniel that you've ignored. And if you can get Daniel to tell you, he'll tell you what the, that, that says. And so Daniel came in and Belteshazzar says, listen, if you can tell, tell us and interpret these writings, we'll give you great rewards. We'll give you money. We'll give you all those things. And Daniel says to him, listen, 
I don't want your money. I don't want your gold. I don't want nothing to do with what you got because I'll tell you what. That says you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. And this day judgment has come upon this kingdom and you're going to lose your seat. And that day the Medes and the uh, was it the Medes and the Persians that came in, in in warfare through the through the the tunnel that they had dug under the city walls or the gates that had opened up because they diverted the river and all that kind of stuff and they came in and they destroyed the Babylonian kingdom and made it a part of the Medes and Persian kingdom. Why? Because they had no, ignored the sanctity of the vessels of the Lord. It's no different today. When someone in a leadership position in this world, listen, I'm not talking about politics here. I'm talking about realities. These are realities. When the leaders of this world cease to respect the will of God, it's over for them. When, when they cease to comprehend that they are blessed as long as they respect what God is doing, when they stop comprehending that, then it's trouble for them. It's trouble for the nation. There's no greater blessing in the world than to recognize that the word of God has come to a people, even if you're not that people. But to recognize that God's word has come in our generation, there is a blessing to recognize that. And that's why it's often said, even if you can't believe it, you can't accept it, just respect it. Because it's because of that that God, it enables God to bless you or bless a nation. Because God blesses those who work according to his pattern. Who work according to his will to help in his redemptive purpose. There was a reason for the Babylonian kingdom. And that reason was that Israel needed to be chastised. And so God raised up Babylon because of the impiety of Israel. But that didn't make Babylon a better people. It made them a tool in the hand of God. And so is every government, so is every nation, so is every people a tool in the hand of God. It doesn't matter whether it's the Chinese government and their ideas. They will fall because of their mishandling of the sons of God. So is it in Canada, so is it in the United States, so is it everywhere that people disregard that the word of God has come to a people that if they were wise, they would just say, let those people worship. Just let them worship. But there's such a spirit of evil that's raised up, as I mentioned last time, a, a, a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph, did not know the blessing of the freedom of religion. They, and, and it's raised up amongst the people that says, well, we don't care about the churches. You ought to care about the churches. You ought to care about the sons of God. You ought to care about the blessings of God. Oh, I wish I could preach this to the entire nation on national television. You ought to care about what's happening in those churches. Because if God sees that you've forsaken Him, God will destroy this nation. And we're at that time. Like God is going to destroy this earth because they have turned against those that believe and have received the word of God for their day. A suppression of God's people only brings destruction because it's God's people in the midst of a framework that only blesses that framework. It's not about the framework. It doesn't matter whether you talk about a government or a nation or whether you talk about a system or denomination. Brother Brown talked about in the seven church ages. It's the life in the midst of all of that that's traveling through that framework to come to the end time seed. 
We've arrived now. That's why there's no reason for God to use denomination anymore. And he doesn't. Why? Because we've come now to the end time seed. I hope you're with me this morning. hope you're understanding what I'm saying. He has a redemptive purpose. He has a redemptive purpose to express his word in every age and until all his attributes are expressed. Once they're expressed, he no longer needs this world that exists. Are you hearing me? God has an elective purpose of redemption. He's redeeming his children. And when he's redeemed the last seed, we go home. And God has no need for Canada. Hello? God has no need for United States. It's God that allows these things to rise up. And it's God that brings them down. It's not governments. It's not the mind of man, the pea brain of puny human beings that try and claim so much wisdom and just create catastrophe after catastrophe after catastrophe. But in the midst of it, there's an, there are the attributes of God whom he blesses and will bless a nation that allows these children. I will say, now I'm going to make a statement. I've made lots of statements, I guess. But I'll just tell you something. Because if Brother Biscoll, our pastor, says we are going to open those church doors, regardless of what the government says, I'll tell you what, I'm 100% behind it. I am 100 It's not my place to say, uh, you know, he should do this or that. He's the pastor. It's not, it doesn't matter what I think necessarily. I can certainly, I think I've expressed my opinion. Brother Michael can express his opinion. Brother Tom certainly has an opinion and, and, and has a right to that. But ultimately, it's Brother Biscoe's call. But if he says, and God leads him to say that this is the time we're going to open the doors and, and now's the time to just throw off the yoke of this nonsense that we're putting up with that has now been proven to be nonsense by the court system, even though they haven't announced the court case yet, they haven't announced the verdict, it's been proven nonetheless. In the midst of all that, I just say, I'll be here. And if I'm the only one here, I'll be here. And, and, and we want to just do as the Holy Spirit will lead. And may God anoint Brother Biscoe with supreme wisdom for this time that we're living in. Uh, I think I've said enough there. Maybe I'll just read it out of Christ the mystery of God revealed. Brother Branham says, When Jesus come, he said, If I cast out devils by the finger of God, who do you cast them out by? He stood alone, and his church stands alone. She's not hooked up with nothing. But he was identified by God being the body that God dwelled in. And the church is identified by his body doing the same thing. She is his body, the manifested truth of his promised word for the last days. And she and she alone stands by it. And that's why the devil is howling. These great organizations set up something to close her up. He's talking about the World Council of Churches. He says, they'll never do it. She'll be taken up, not closed up. Can you say amen to that? So this is not the end. We are not being closed up. 
We will not be closed up. Whenever this thing breaks, I don't know when that might be. I say, if you want to open it for Wednesday, I'd glad to have you all here when I preach on Wednesday. It wouldn't make no difference to me. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not telling Brother Bisco what to do. That's not my place. And don't you either. Let's just pray that God will give Brother Bisco wisdom and pray that the Lord will guide things the way that he wants things. And I admit, as much as it's against my nature, I'm, I'm saying it now, I might as well just paint myself right into a corner here. As much as it's against my own nature, I'll just say, well, you know, if, if we're still closed down for another two months, I guess I'd have to take that as the will of God. Now, you all didn't want to hear that part, did you? We want what the will of God is in the midst of all this. Amen. We have a desire and we're tired of, of this nonsense. And I'm, I'm not... I better just make some clarifications lest people understand me. I'm not saying the virus is nonsense. Far be it. Matter of fact, had we had the thing opened up, this probably would not have been a good weekend to have everybody here because there's a number of people that recently came down with COVID and we don't want you to get it. If we can avoid it, we want to be using every precaution that everybody stays safe and everybody stays healthy. But yet in the midst of all that, we want to do what God leads us to do. Not what man leads us to do. Amen. Well, I better stop there. A lot of the musicians come. Not really where I was expecting to be at the end. Let me just say this. Because I don't really want to go here on Wednesday. I've got the Wednesday night service, Lord willing, and uh, pastor willing now uh, I've got the Wednesday night service maybe I don't but uh, you know uh, I'll just say Satan has an idea of what a God is too because he presented it to Eve in the Garden of Eden he had an idea that if you partake of the tree of knowledge you will become a God in his image I was going to almost name This title this morning was, You are God's, but in whose image? Because Jesus said, You're God's. But Satan said, If, if, uh, if you partake of the tree of knowledge, you'll be like God. So he's got an idea now of what God is. But what is Satan's idea of God? Just let me just spend a couple of minutes on this as the musicians get themselves set. You know, Satan, we realize, had an idea of God that would come from the tree of knowledge. And now that we're living in Satan's Eden, we see the full manifestation of that. If you partake of the tree of knowledge, I'll make you a sports God. Or if you partake of the tree of knowledge, I'll make you a rock and roll God. Because Satan's idea of God, Lucifer's idea of God, was just to be worshipped. That was his idea. He wanted to sit as God in the temple of God so that he is worshipped as God, though he did not have creative power like God. But the sons of God are given the creative power that comes from God. I'll maybe go into that Wednesday. But if, if you are partakers, he says, of this tree of knowledge, I'll make you a God of education. 
I'll let you rise up. You just feed on the tree of knowledge. I'll let you rise up in your education till people admire you. We'll give you a degree. We'll give you a great position. We'll give you a great place in this great economy of mine called Satan's Eden. Oh, I got another way for you to do it. I'll teach you some music. Praise God for these musicians. Amen. That have not gone by the way of the tree of knowledge. Amen. They have given themselves to worship the true and living God. Not, they could have become some rock and roll God. They could have become some worldly musical God like Elvis Presley worshipped. He's old time now. I don't know. Justin Bieber, I guess. Maybe he's a current guy or somebody else out there that's singing songs and, and doing things. I, I heard of, of Mr. Bieber that I think he has like 250 million followers on Twitter. Is that anybody else heard that number? I heard that number the other day. 250 million. 250, maybe it's a little high, maybe it was 150 million, but he's got well over 100 million followers on Twitter. They're following a guy because he can sing. You know what? If you can sing, I don't care what your opinion is. They got Hollywood actresses and actors. Brother Branham said, the goddess of America is a naked female. Is that right? And that's the reality. You see it on every billboard. You see it on every advertisement. You see it everywhere. It's the female body that America is worshiping. And in the midst of all that, you know, they got these Hollywood actresses that all they know how to do is pretend they're somebody else. That's all they know how to do. And they think that I need to hear their opinion. Please spare us. Or, Or some other kind of position or somebody that maybe designed a software system. That thinks, uh, I designed something on the computer so I should be able to tell the world because I'm a richest man. And then somebody else has became rich because of this. And so, what is it? It's all gods, made gods by the tree of knowledge. And Satan's offering you that. Young people, he's offering you that. You want to be worshipped? Oh, give yourself to the tree of knowledge and you'll be worshipped. But I say to you, that's not what God intended. Don't be deceived like Eve. Eve was deceived and fell in sin and brought all kinds of sickness and debasement upon humanity because she was deceived about what a God was. She was already an attribute of God. Designed by God to bring, uh, 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 to bring comfort to Adam and to be a part of Adam's own ministry till they would be the very expression of the Creator Himself upon the earth. Hallelujah. So you can be God by the Spirit or you can be God by the flesh. Oh my. God, you can desire a placing or a desired position. You can have representation or operate by lust. You can go by responsibility or want prestige. The choices are all there. Nations all over the world are falling into this trap. People are falling into this trap. We're at the end time. But back with Israel, there was a couple of men within there. That as they come up to the promised land, they looked at the... Israel looked at their own selves and said, you know what? We're not able to fulfill the word of the Lord. But Joshua and Caleb declared, if God is with us, we are more than able. 
We're more than able to possess the land. It's not based on our ability. It's not based on how big we are. It's not based on whether we're giants or not. It's not based on our our skills of warfare. It's not based on all those things. But if God be with us, we're more than able to possess this land. Amen. As Paul recognized in the the book of Romans chapter 8, as he said... What shall we then say to these things? Talking about the manifestation of the sons of God. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for all things, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. I say hallelujah. If you don't feel like it, still believe it. Your body might tell you, you're just not able. That has nothing to do with it. The Word of God says I'm able. The Word of God came to me. And the Word of God is what I believe. I don't believe my own self. Matter of fact, when I believe my own self, that's when I get in the way. But I just believe the Word of the Lord. Let's let's stand together as we sing. Um, Ah, uh, we got to sing that song, El, Ella, Elohim. We have come. It's 982 in the, in the system there. How we long to worship you. Lord, we come to you and worship. No matter what the circumstance. No matter what the situation. We lift up holy hands. We're claiming a deliverance from this situation. Matter of fact, as far as I'm concerned, I see nothing else but a breaking of the hold of government upon this church. That's all that I hold before me. I'm walking into that vision. Are you walking into that vision? I'm just claiming that. I'm just saying, Lord, they cannot hold us. They cannot stop us. If we got to do it with or without them, we're going to do it. They laid a hand upon the elect. It's their problem. It's not our problem. If I were them, I wouldn't do it. If I were them, I I, I wouldn't want to be them. And to hear what their thinking is lately, and some of their thinking has been exposed, and all of that sort of thing, I'll tell you what, I don't want to be them. But I'm glad I'm where I am today. I'm standing on the Word, and I'm worshiping Him. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. And you might be individually in in the midst of something right now. I just encourage you to confess it doesn't matter what the circumstance is i worship him the word has come by my way i'm here to worship him the word of god is a reality to me in the midst of all this unbelief in the midst of all this evil that jesus says i i don't pray that you take them away from it i just pray that you keep them in the midst of it i just say lord that's me you were praying for there amen you confess that this morning let's sing this together Lord, we come to you in worship. Lord, we come to you in worship. No matter what the circumstance. No matter what the
Yes, Lord, we do. In worship, no matter what the circumstances. Doesn't matter if we're in the belly of a whale. Doesn't matter if we're in church or at home. No matter what the situation. Oh, we will lift our Bye. 
Hallelujah. 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 Wonderful Jesus. Don't you love him? Hallelujah. Did not he say to those whom the word of God came to, you are God's. Did not he say that? I say, you're the sons of God. What does that make you? God attributes. Makes you God manifestation. Oh, I had so much more. I I don't regret what I said, but I regret, regret that I didn't say it at all or enough. There's so much. It's not a matter just of saying these things. Jesus, the fullness of God in flesh, what did he do? He walked in the earth in all humility. Humility, brother Nathan. Just humbled himself. There was no beauty in him that anybody should desire him. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. There was no pride there. There was no self-grandizement there. There was no, I'm something special there. I can do nothing but what the Father shows me first. The fullness of that. Every prophet came to that place of humility. Recognizing it's all about the word of God that has been sent to me. What a privileged people we are, saints. The word of God has come to us. Let's bow our heads together. If you're in need this morning. I say the word of God has come to you. He says, I'm the God that heals all your sicknesses and diseases. We thank him for that. If you're in needy financially at this time, he's the God that shall provide all your needs. He shall provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. You're desiring so for someone else to be saved or quickened by the same word. The word says salvation is of the Lord. God is the one that can save them. You can't save them. I can't save them. But God can save them. Oh Lord, may you just keep us in the center of your will. Heavenly Father. Lord, we might be a needy people. And that's the amazing thing that maybe if you'd be willing, we'll deal with it on Wednesday night. But these gods, you called them gods, amateur creators, amateur gods, because they're anointed, Lord. The word of God comes to them, but yet they're weak because you don't need them to be strong because you're strong. But Lord, if we can just yield our weakness to you you can manifest your strength as the scripture says your strength is made perfect or complete in our weakness if we try to rely on our own strength Lord then we'll hinder your strength but we come to you this morning confessing we're weak I'm thinking of our dear brother Tom and sister Joanne Lord The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, Lord. Oh, Lord, in that weakness, may you pour in your grace. Sister Geneva, Lord, in her weakness, may you pour in your grace, oh God. Each one, oh God, whether it be on the U.S. or Canadian side, maybe there's somebody away from here.
who's wrestling with this demon. Lord, that, that says, remember me. Lord, may you remember them this morning. May you go by their way and may you pour in that oil and that wine, oh God, that, 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 that Samaritan did, oh God, to that man. Lord, may you pour in healing virtue into everyone that needs it, oh Lord. Maybe there's, it's not just COVID, there's other sicknesses, there's other demons. There's many of them, Lord. But though many are the inflictions of the righteous, the Lord delivereth them out of them all. And we just confess that this morning, Lord. Take your word this morning. Certainly any minister that stands here feels inadequate to the great revelation that you've poured out in this day. But Lord, may you take it and use it for your glory. May you bless the word. Break it as bread to the people that they might feed on it, Father, and be strengthened by it. Be drawn to you. Be encouraged. Be be renewed, O God, in their faith, saying, My God is more than able. We stand there this morning. We stand there today. Lord, take the service tonight. Brother John will be ministering, Lord. May you take it and use it for your glory. Bless Brother John. Anoint him. Lord, as he steps behind the desk, sacred desk there at camp and ministers your word. Lord, may it be just divinely the oracle of God for the people. Lord, we commit him into your hands. We commit our lives into your hands. Father, with everyone, I say, Lord, let the hold of the government over the churches be broken. In the name of Jesus Christ. It is grieving us. And I'm sure if it's grieving us, Father, it's grieving you. So, Lord, I say, let the people be gathered. And let their hold be broken, I pray. And let the people rejoice together in the presence of God once again. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. We we have total faith in you, Father. We want your will, not our will, Lord. As we commit ourselves into your hands. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you love him this morning? I know I've I've used up all my time. Pray that the Lord will just bless us, uh, bless you today with the word of God. Make it very real to you the place you have in his redemptive purpose. You are a part of his redemptive purpose. He purposed to call you, to anoint you, to place you. It's God doing it. And he that has begun a good work shall finish it. God bless you. Uh, I'd say greet one another. I'm not sure how to do that. But I greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.